Hello and welcome to In All of Us Command. I'm Kate. And I'm Aaron. And we will be learning about national anthems. Each week, we choose a new country at random and we learn a little bit about the country and then we listen to their anthem. After listening, we rate the anthem based on several criteria and see how they all stack up in our humble opinion. We don't want you to think that because of the title, we're huge fans of O Canada. In fact, we plan to dunk on it pretty much constantly throughout the show. It sucks. It does suck. It's really bad. Um, And we do not expect it to finish highly in the rankings at all, and I honestly cannot wait for the day when we get to rank O Canada. Oh, so excited for the Canada episode. That is going to be fun. We're going to get to be, like, so merciless in the history, too. We're not going to have to worry about offending anyone. Nope, because it's just (laughs) us, and honestly, Canada has its own dark and depressing history. Yeah. We can get into that. It's going to be great, but not today. (laughs) Today is Sao Tome and Principe, which is a place I did not know anything about prior to this week. Um, Me neither. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the history a little bit. We're going to talk about the food a little bit. And we're going to listen to some anthems. Hey, can you tell me? I already made an ass of myself a few weeks ago guessing that San Marino was going to be an island nation. And then I doubled down on guessing (laughs) that Sao Tome was going to be an island nation. Was I correct? You are correct. Yes. However... Sao Tome and Principe, one should keep in mind, is actually two islands. Sure, that makes uh, perfect sense. Sao Tome is the bigger of the two. Principe is teeny, teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny. Most people live on Sao Tome in the capital, also called Sao Tome. But Principe is still inhabited. It's not just like territory. It is inhabited. Okay. Um, it's mostly jungle, as far as I understand. Okay. Um, part of, I think, the big appeal of Sao Tome and Principe is its like immense natural beauty. Cool. Um, but yes, there are people. Um, Whereabouts is it? So it's right off the coast. Hold on, I wrote this down. Uh, of West Africa. Okay. Um, in the Gulf of Guinea, and it is named after Saint Thomas the Apostle, which I thought was kind oh, of. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. They are volcanic islands, and uh, there's a string of them. There's a couple of others actually that you can kind of see in a row, a little bit, um, but they're not part of. Sao Tome and Principe, it's only the two islands. And, like, I think there's a couple, like, teeny ones sort of dotted around. Do you know which nations those other islands belong to? I don't remember what they're called. Okay, no problem. They're there. <laughs> they're little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, some other nearby countries include uh, Gabon. Is that how you say that? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, we'll learn that when we get there. Equatorial Guinea and Cameroon. Um... Because, and I noted this to myself as I was doing my research, I was remembering when Sarah Palin was in the public eye and she thought that Africa was a country. And Anyway, Africa is not a country, in case anybody is confused about that. <laughs> Going forward, um, Sao Tome and Principe was honestly a pretty tough place to research. It was hard to find information and to find good information. I found a really depressing timeline that had like three things on it. Um, I will now go through those three things with you. The first is that it was uninhabited basically until the 15th century. So there was no like native population. Who was it settled by? The Portuguese. Okay. Who came along and fucked everything because of course they did. So just to be clear, the Portuguese then didn't like subjugate indigenous peoples they inhabited 
they just like took over in uninhabited lands? They took over the uninhabited lands and then imported a bunch of Africans. Ah, yes. To okay. Work the uh, sugar, coffee, and cocoa plantations. Right. Because I was being way too optimistic y- yes, there. Yes, I, I could see it in your eyes. Yeah. The optimism. <laughs> And I'm I'm just gonna shut that down right out of the gate here. Thanks, thanks. I needed um, that. No problem. <laughs> but because of this, uh, the Portuguese had a very strong cultural influence. So Portuguese is the is the first language that is spoken in Sao Tome and Principe, and there's a big food and culture. Yeah, influence. definitely. When we were looking at the foods, I got the impression that there was a strong Portuguese. In, yeah, and uh, I, I got ahead influence. of myself a little bit looking at the food kind of before I'd done a lot of the research okay um so i was sort of confused about it until right. i started doing the research and the first thing is that the portuguese discovered it discovered you know inhabited it in the 15th century and i was like oh well that makes sense yeah the chocolate is hugely important it's sort of their main the main thing okay are they still in in 1800 then are they yeah. still like a portuguese colony yes um independence which is the third big thing that happens right isn't achieved until 1975 there's also a bit of an awkward period where even though slavery has been abolished technically um they're getting around it with these like long sort of indentured labor contracts right yeah um which is just kind of gross slavery with extra steps yeah 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 it's like fancy slavery yeah Almost. Bells and whistles slavery. I don't know where I'm going with this. This is getting embarrassing. Anyway, um, so so then the uh, number of democratic reforms are put in place in the 1980s, and the first free elections are held in 1991. So then there are several um, nonviolent coups, one for sure in 95 and another one in 2003. Um, and who's, like, driving those coups? Okay, so I didn't read much about the 95 one. The better publicized seems to be the 2003. Okay. Part of what factors into this, which we were going to get into later, but instead we're going to get into it now, is sure. um, they've recently discovered oil, offshore oil. Oh, no. So, so officially, officially it was not about oil. Yeah, sure, <laughs> it never is. But I read a fun quote where someone said, I forget, it was an academic article or something, and they were... Someone had said that basically before they knew there was oil, it was fine. And then after they knew there was oil, it was a problem. Yeah, that tends to be the case. Of course it was. Um, so, so, uh, the, there's a small political party that doesn't actually hold seats, but they exist. Um, and they are comprised mostly of soldiers in the military. Okay. Um, they were started this coup to protest the living conditions of the military. Okay. Again, this is what they said. Whether that is actually what was going on, who knows? Yeah. I certainly don't. I'm not an expert on this. Um, they took advantage of the president being out of town. Mm-hmm. Um rose up, took over some stuff, and then were just kind of asked to back down. And they did. But they said, please, let's have an election. And so they did that too. Right. Um, so it didn't really, like, come to anything. 
But I understand there's a little bit of like simmering political dissent and some political corruption. Although I'm kind of confused on this because some sources said that the political corruption is quite pronounced and other places are like, oh, no, actually, it's not really that bad. So I'm I mean, not- that's often going to be the case when there's a group of people that benefits from political yeah. corruption as well. There's always yeah. going to be someone going, no, it's fine. Yeah. So I think it's maybe a little so, bit one of those yeah. situations. Um, there are a number of different ethnic groups, uh, most of which are descended from the other African peoples who were imported to be slaves on the plantations. Right. So there really are, yeah. for the sake of argument, there are no indigenous peoples no. of Sao Tome. There are no indigenous peoples. There are Portuguese people that mm-hmm. settled there in the 1500s, and there are basically the descendants of slaves that the Portuguese imported. Yes. Yes. Fuck. It's really... A, when I read that, I don't know, it's just such an a fascinating... Not not a way to start a country, but you know, well, it's there's a really this, messy way to start a really country. It's a really messy way to do it, and also if, so unusual. If someone has just lived there, I mean, not to say that it's always gone well in I was history say. for indigenous <laughs> peoples, but in theory, yeah. if someone has always just lived there, there is somewhere a road to like a stable country being formed yeah. without bloodshed or at least without a lot of bloodshed wouldn't we like that to be yeah (laughs) when the country is formed like this one is Mm -hmm. it is the road is not so clear that is that is not an easy situation to start a country out of absolutely absolutely and this is i mean it shows in the mix of people who live there currently yeah um as i say most of which are african people though not from Sao Tome or Principe directly. Right. Um, and the European population obviously is mostly Portuguese still. And then there are also uh, a number of Chinese people okay. living there as well. Although I, I don't know a lot about how they got there or sure. why. Why, why it became a yeah. popular destination. Yeah, yeah. But there are some. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Portuguese, as we mentioned, is the official language and most people are Catholic. Although there are also some other religions what uh, well. roughly is the population of the place it is two hundred thousand. okay approximately so a very small country but still nearly 10 times the size of san marino yes <laughs> <laughs> yes it is it is small but not that small as we've learned um the geographical mass is quite tiny very small yeah also um do you have like a rough sort of square kilometers you know i've read it like a bunch of times and i don't remember what it was no worries yeah um it's there not huge smaller than canada i can promise you that wow really smaller (laughs) than canada yeah yeah (laughs) wait are we are we second largest I don't know. It got, I think, a little sketchy when we were kids. Yeah, that's what I understood. Uh, borders also. changed out in Eastern Europe. Because and... I was definitely sitting in a classroom and they told me two different things. They told me Canada's the biggest and Canada's the second biggest to yeah. Russia. Yeah. And I don't know what's true anymore. So we'll look that up when we come to it. Yeah, we'll look it up during the anthem. We'll come back with a, a solid <laughs> answer on how big Canada is okay. compared to other countries. Okay. Um, <laughs> the population is quite young. Um. And right, so it was yeah. it was discovered by Portuguese in the 1500s. Yes. When 
like, did they start settling it sort of right away? Or was there a period where it was just an uninhabited island that the Portuguese knew about? I don't know exactly. Okay. I think they set up pretty quickly, though, seeing quickly, opportunities yeah. for sugar and coffee right, and those of course, yeah. and slaves. All big It's It's the makers. kind of climate that people were gonna jump on back yeah, in the day. for sure. So. And I think, too, especially in that, like, 15th century, like, everybody's getting their colonies together. Yeah, of course. I can see the Portuguese looking at it and going, well, this is amazing. We can do whatever we want here. Well, and to my understanding, too, I... I think there's a decent number of small island nations across the world that were at one point Portuguese colonies. Yeah. I think they did quite well in like maritime places. I was just going to say they did good on the boats. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then, yeah, we're at the moment, um, the economy is mostly sort of small agriculture, primarily the cocoa beans, okay. as mentioned, um, although also... Yeah, we, we did try to find some chocolate from Sao Tome yeah, it didn't work for out. our food, but we couldn't find any, uh, unfortunately. But if I see some just out in my life... Yeah, um, we'll definitely pick some up I because it is, it is from what we saw looking at the food, one of the top sort of chocolate nations in the world. Yes, and I think one that doesn't really get talked about. Yeah. At least among, like, average people, probably with if you're a chocolate connoisseur. It's definitely a less recognizable name than if I were to go, you know, this is chocolate from Peru. Like, yeah. everyone knows about Peru. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, politically, it's a little bit interesting the way that their president and leadership is set up. Um, they have both a president and a prime minister, okay. which confused the heck out of me. I think it's not uncommon. But maybe we're the weird ones. I, I think we are. Um, so the president is elected by majority popular vote, um, and the prime minister is then chosen by the National Assembly and approved by the president. Okay. So it's kind of like a like a sub... Yeah. Like almost a vice president role, kind of, occupied by the prime minister. Right. Is how I, I see it, again... Not an expert. Um, Are there term limits or? I don't know. Okay. Sorry. No worries. Okay. <laughs> you can't predict every question I'm going to have. <laughs> no, it's true, but I, I wish I wish I knew more. But Is there uh, anything else or do you want to lay some fun facts on I'm us? I'm going to get into some fun facts now. Um, oh, also, I'm going to say one other thing. Yeah. Um, along it. with the cocoa bean exports and the oil, they are also trying to bump their tourism. Okay. Um, it's not a very well visited country. Y you don't hear a lot of people saying, "I went on vacation to Sao Tome and Principe." But you said um, it's it's very beautiful. But it is in terms of like natural. I don't know if you're going to get a lot of like museums and stuff. Sure, but there's like resorts maybe. There's definitely a market for resorts and yeah. some new ones cropping up. I think uh, there's they're seeing an opportunity too for like luxury resorts and yeah. that kind of It definitely sounds like that kind of place. Yeah, and I think the beaches are quite nice and there's a lot of like rich jungle and animals and plants. So if you were into like hiking, for example, it would be a good place to go for that. Cool. Yeah, we'll make sure to um I don't know if we're going to be able to like put pictures on our show notes without offending some photographers, but we will at least like link to some photographers. Yeah. Pictures of Sao Tome. Yeah. Um, so fun facts. I didn't find a lot for this, I'll be honest, but some things. Yeah. Um, the coat of arms, which I realize we haven't really talked about anybody's coat of arms. We talked about it a little bit with San Marino and the Three Towers. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about the Three Towers. So we're going to talk a little bit about the coat of arms again. 
Um, mostly just because this one features a hawk and a parrot, and I thought that was a fun combination. Cool. Also because I couldn't really find anything for what they consider to be their like official animal, right? kind of. So I'm going to go somewhere between the hawk and the parrot. Okay. Um, probably. I like parrots. Parrots are cool. The hawk parrot? <laughs> no, no, two animals. <laughs> two separate birds. Um, their motto is unity, discipline, and work. Huh. Which I find intriguing also. Yeah. Especially because discipline and work, like, it's not the same thing, but they're sort of in the same family. But anyway, uh, the food is often flavored with coffee and they eat lots of chicken and bananas and coconut. Yeah, we were looking, there was one reference to, like, a chicken with coffee sauce mm-hmm. dish they make there that we couldn't find any, like, we found recipes for chicken with coffee sauce, but nothing related at all yeah. to sort of Sao, Sao Tomean uh, cuisine. I don't, yeah, I think, I think. Um, so if anyone listening has like a legit Sao Tome chicken and coffee sauce yes. recipe, please drop us a line. We would like that. Because I love cooking stuff and coffee. <laughs> Coffee's really good. I always think coffee's going to ruin stuff and then it ends up being delicious. So you live and learn, I guess. Um, the national dish is called Kalulu. It is smoked fish, palm oil, and vegetables. Uh, we cool. were going to make yeah, this. Yeah, they use a lot of palm oil, don't a they? A lot of palm oil. Palm wine also. Yeah. Very popular. Um, we were going to make this, but the ingredients, there's a lot of them. It, it takes was, hours. It was, we needed to smoke the fish, too. It yeah. It was we, just a little out of reach. We have a tiny little apartment with no indoor, <laughs> with no outdoor space. Luckily, we do have indoor space. That's don't worry <laughs> about that. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, we definitely don't have a smoker of any kind. No, I wish we did. But oh, me too. Maybe in the future we can make Kalulu. Um, then I was also reading a little bit about just the richness of the plant and the animal life. That I forget what where I read this, but it was sort of compared to the Galapagos Islands okay. in the sort of scope of all the different kinds of plants and animals and just how unique and beautiful and lush things are there. I'm going to make myself sound like an idiot for a second. Mm. And if you don't have the answer, I'm maybe going to make you sound like an idiot too. Mm. Where are the Galapagos islands? Are they close by? Like I know of them and why you bring them up as a touchstone, like a lot of biodiversity, but where are they? That's the word I want. Biodiversity. Good grief. Thank you. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's equatorial though. Okay. In a similar kind of. Yeah. Maybe not right close by, like but a similar longitude. Arena? Yeah. 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 So I, I, cause I don't think you would get that kind of thing anyways in a cold place. Right. Cause it'd be too cold. Um, but maybe I'll look that up too and we can educate ourselves on where the Galapagos Islands are. We're learning so much together, guys. I, I hope all of you also don't know where the Galapagos Islands are. The ignorance, the endless pits of geographical ignorance. It's astounding. I've played enough Crusader Kings to know a lot of Europe. That's that's good. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I can't honestly believe all the stuff I don't know. Um, so next I have some stuff about the anthem. Do we want to Listen to it first and talk about. Yeah, that's that's it for fun facts. Stuff later. That is it for fun facts. All right, let's take a break and listen to our anthem. Okay.
Santo Mesa Choco, Kunda nos cabe Choco. Nossa povo limpo, magico fama pluco. Modo com modo com a cunhoca pepa nomba we. Xinona aproveita a riqueza pude suda no Hello and welcome back. Uh, we have just listened to three versions of Independencia Total, which translates directly to Total Independence, the national anthem of Sao Tome and Principe. Um, first, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about the anthem and where it comes from. Yeah, I really hope the story lives up to the music because A plus anthem. I love that. Okay, I think it's a very good anthem also. However, I think you're going to be a little disappointed Fair enough. in the story. There are, though, some cool parts. So we'll get into that. Sure. Um, so the anthem was adopted in 1975 with independence, which is a, a recurring theme yeah. that I've noticed. Especially with nations who, like, gained independence since it was sort of a requirement to have a national anthem. It's true. It's true. And those anthems, I find, tend to be very, like, fuck you. Yeah. We're, independent We're independent now, now. anthems. Yeah. Which I think is fantastic. Um, so the lyrics were written by poet Alda do Espirito Santo. I apologize in advance now for all the further names that are going to be butchered. Um, she was an elementary school teacher from kind of an important political family and also a political activist who cool. spent a lot of time fighting for independence, I believe was jailed for it at least once. Um, but then after independence, when it was okay to think that independence was <laughs> <laughs> was a good thing, um, she worked as Minister for Education and Culture, Minister for Information and Culture, General Secretary of the National Union of Writers and Artists of Sao Tome and Principe, and then wow. some other stuff also. So a pretty awesome resume. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I would love to do just some more research on her because she seemed like a fascinating person. Yeah. Uh, and she died in 2010 at the age of 83. Nice. So good long life lived. Lots accomplished. And the music, Good for her. yeah, right. The music is by Manuel dos Santos Barreto de Sousa e Aimeida. Again, sorry. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I couldn't find much here except this is the person who wrote the music for the national anthem. Right. In terms of backstory, there wasn't. I didn't really. I didn't really find one. Sure. It seemed to mostly be that. They needed an anthem they needed when they an were anthem. independent. They were independent. Now there is one. Um, when they had this like lady who could write it and was a total independence fighter badass She was absolutely an independence fighting badass. And yeah. I think that kind of makes up for the fact that we don't have a lot else to I go on. I mean, that's on. something. Yeah. It's true. Like, she kind of is the backstory, yeah. almost. Um, so that's, that's most of what I know about it. We cool. listened to three versions. We had a very, like, traditional kind of march sounding version yeah like um, the instrumental one there was one an that instrumental one was it a children's choir it didn't so at the the first one the first one yeah i don't think specified fair enough it sounded um, like a children's choir it did it was the the song that i i came across in like a couple of different videos so i'm gonna say that's kind of like like the, the recording. standard yeah. yeah like official one that we use um the instrumental one the youtube video said it was an an orchestra, then I followed the link to the page with the orchestra, and I couldn't really find anything else about it. Fair enough. So I don't know, maybe it's just a local thing. Yeah, we don't need, um, you know, the whole backstory of every artist. That's no, but okay. it, it could have been cool yeah. if it had been something interesting. But I, I loved, loved that first version, the children's choir one. That was an anthem. My first thought as we were getting into it was like, 
if I, I mean, I don't know if they use the anthem the same way over there that we do in Canada, but mm. if I had to sing that anthem every morning growing up, I might not have been quite so miserable about it as I was, <laughs> oh, Canada. Like, it sounded, yeah. that first version sounded like a fun-ass kids song. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's a lot of joy in it. I find the recording of that first one, I found, like, a little bit tinny. Oh, abs- I mean, if I'm going to start criticizing the mixing of it and everything, sure, but... But the the thing itself, I, I take no issue with. Yeah, the actual content there, I think, is great. Yeah. The, the March version took a lot of that fun out of it, I think, sort of dragged it yeah. back to the mean a little bit. But then that third version we listened to, I mean... This is easily the first anthem we've had that could have had a rap break in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think yeah. it deserves some major props for that. I think musically, this is my favorite anthem we've heard. That's a fair point. This is, this I don't know is if, a pretty spectacular one. Yeah, I don't know if the story holds as... Well, I do know the story doesn't <laughs> hold as much weight yeah. as, as the Slovenia story, which has really become my gold standard now for anthem backstories. Um, but musically, I think it's stronger than, uh, I'm not going to try to remember the Slovenian name off the top of my head, but stronger than the Slovenian anthem musically. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Um, I really liked that third version. Also, I think it's such a creative thing to do with your anthem. And I think you're right that it kind of, the, uh, suits itself to a reinterpretation like that in yeah. a way that oh canada does not yeah like do you want to listen to rap oh canada i don't it's not just that it's the first anthem we've listened to where there is a version with a rap break i mm. think it's the first anthem we've listened to that conceivably could yeah. ever have a rap break yeah yeah and it is quite new so that that, probably that does speaks to probably it contribute bit. yeah um but yeah, I, I love that version. I found it and I was like, this is It was so fun. Awesome. Yeah. But I was I was sad because I wanted more information about the artist and about the other albums and I couldn't really find the lyrics anywhere and it was hard to kind of Certainly like not pin that I speak Portuguese or anything, but you know, being an English speaker, being someone who learned French at one point in yeah. my life, you can pick up the meaning of some of the words and certainly it seemed like an artist who was very proud to be from Sao Tome and Principe. And that was, yeah. that was very cool to listen to. I like it when we can get these versions, which we've seen a couple of times now where you can really like see and feel the pride yeah. in them, which you can't always with the official recordings. Cause it's just, no. And if, again, know. if you recorded me singing Oh Canada, there would be not an ounce of pride in it. Not because I don't like living here, but because our anthem sucks ass and I don't want it to represent us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> but unfortunately, here we are, and all they do is make the occasional very small lyric change. That just is grammatically. Tr I get the intention, but the grammar. Do we want to talk about ratings? Yeah, let's talk about ratings before we get completely off the tracks here, um, which maybe we already have done. But anyway, we'll pull it back. We'll pull it back. Um, our first category lyrics what do you say about lyrics Aaron I think the lyrics here are great so I want to say like looking at the lyrics available to me here on Wikipedia mm. there is a whole second verse that was not included in any of the versions we listened to yeah but 
there are some things, even if I'm going to completely exclude that second verse, which Mm -hmm. has some cool stuff in it, Mm -hmm. uh, I think these are awesome. I think just starting the verse with the word dynamism, that's so fucking cool. It's true. That is really great. (laughs) It also, like, gets to the point. Yeah, and I I think there's a really concerted effort to insert some of like the values of the country in further than just like raw, raw liberty. Like everyone is pro liberty. We just really disagree on what that means. Whereas Sao Tome, like there's this, um, warriors in the war without weapons, stuff like that. Like I think is really cool how there's, there's a uniqueness to the message being portrayed in this anthem. And I think that's really cool. It's quite, peaceful um in a way that like i always think about this but like the the star-spangled banner oh yeah with the the every other line they're blowing something up i mean to be fair this is also a a sacred hymn of combat but it's it's like as it as it says in the chorus but um but the war is without weapons the war is without weapons and i think the war is written here I mean, whether or not you want to agree with this as an idea, I think it's very clear in the lyrics that, you know, they're fighting for peace. Yes. Um, and yes, I think that's I really cool. Yeah. These lyrics, I I mean, compared to what we've seen so far, these it's are true. top notch. It's true. I'm going to go nine. I was going to go nine as well. I agree that these are very... Very strong lyrics. Music? This is a little bit, like, which music are we counting a little bit here? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I certainly think the third version has to be excluded from this discussion. I think you're right. Just because it basically does away with the entire melody and structure of the song. Yes. Um, But I do think it's worth considering, like we said, that this is the only anthem we've heard that could have had that happen to it. Yeah. Um... But even if you disregard the fun pop rap version (laughs) we listen to, for me, that children's choir, as I'm going to call it, whether or not it is a children's choir, sorry if you're an adult who sang on that recording, um, the children's choir version is so much fucking fun. Mm -hmm. It is so fun. I was bopping my head. I was thinking about, like, if I was a kid, I can totally picture... You know, the kindergarten teacher gathering us all in a circle and teaching us the song line by line and everyone having fun and clapping (laughs) along. And I loved it. I I thought the music was so fun. I thought it it did a good job of representing that Portuguese influence on the culture. Um, Like it felt like sort of a Spanish Portuguese kids song. And I mean, maybe my main criticism here is that the Portuguese influence is maybe a little too overbearing and we lose sort of the African aspect of that nation or of, of the, the culture of the nation. Yeah. But there's also like in that second verse that wasn't in the recordings, we've got um, like in the crusade of the African peoples, like the anthem is not, unconcerned with its status as an African nation. No. Even if the music is sort of overwhelmingly Spanish-Portuguese sounding. Well, and they also, too, like, can't help that 
the language most people speak is Portuguese. Sure. And that's no, absolutely. Kind of what you're stuck with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. Do you want to put a number on that? <laughs> I'm going to go for an eight. Okay. Okay. I also, I also liked the music. I think I, maybe not quite as much as you, but I did like the music. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go seven. Like I said, I think musically, this is my favorite. We've heard by a good margin. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. I'm trying to, like, remember all of them now. Yeah. And that's overwhelming my brain, so we're not going to go there. We'll we'll start putting together, like, uh, a playlist on all the streaming services. We'll get, like, an Apple Music and a Spotify, so everyone can sort of hear at least one version of each anthem. That'd be fun. And I think, like, a recap, as we were talking about. Yeah. Down the road a little bit. Okay, background. So, there's not a lot to be had here, but personally... I don't know. I was I was really excited about the writer. Yeah, no, she's really cool. The thing I'm lacking personally mm-hmm. is just the actual A to B of like how this song became the anthem cuz a lot yeah. of them like, you know, had that competition at Independence or so I think with a little more transparency on that, my score would be higher. Mm. Um, but, like, I I also am very impressed with that lady. That's cool as hell that she, like, went and fought for independence to the point of going to jail for it and, like, was a major figure in the government after independence. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, six. Okay. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I'm going to go, what's true now, I'm in a bit of a, in a bit of a sticking situation. What's that? Well, because I was going to give it a seven, but then that's the same as the music. And I don't know if I feel exactly the same about the music as I feel right about the background. So I'm going to join you in six, just for the sake of my own. <laughs> Logic and linear thinking. Yeah. Um, Significance is our next category. Significance, I think there's a good deal there in the lyrics. Um, I already gave it a lot of credit for sort of specificity to the values of the nation, but I I do think that's a really cool thing about it. I I do like that there is acknowledgement of sort of both branches of the family tree of, Mm -hmm. of Sao Tome, as it were. But again, the song itself doesn't have that rich history to the nation that it did in Slovenia. Yeah. I'm going to go... I'm going to go eight on this one. Okay. I think I'm going to go six and a half. Okay. X Factor. X Factor is something I think this actually has in space. I, I agree. I think it has a lot of X Factor. I can't get over just that first word, dynamism. Yes. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this this anthem has panache. Yes. It's got it's a good word for it. Uh, so, on account of that, I think I'm going to go eight and a half eight on the X Factor. Half. I agree. I think the X Factor is definitely there. 
I'm going to go nine for X Factor. All right. We also didn't talk about the food yet. Oh, we yes. only talked so about the we food that we about didn't the make. We didn't make, but let's have a little moment and talk about the food we did make. So we discovered, I guess it's sort of a street food in Sao Tome. Yeah. It seems that, you know, there's such a big Portuguese influence. Um, one of the things to come out of that is uh, sausage and bread roll, street food, which yeah, is. Yeah, so what just. We made. Uh, a Portuguese sausage grilled up and served on a dinner roll with a bunch of mustard. Bunch of mustard. Um, I don't know why I was expecting this to be more different from just like, you know, a long sausage that you'd get at a hot dog yeah, stand here. Yeah, all we did was cut it differently. We just cut it differently. It was a sausage, but it was round. It was delicious. I love <laughs> sausages. I also really liked it. Um, we're also drinking Portuguese wine, which is yeah, so pretty we tasty were as well. Reading, I guess... I guess there's some, like, palm wine made in Sao Tome, but a lot of what's drank there, from our research at least, was Portuguese wine and Portuguese beer. Now, Kate doesn't like beer. No. And a lot of the beer being recommended was Super Bach, and Bach is not a style of beer that I particularly like, so we decided to look for some wine. We said no beer. uh, (laughs) There's a nice little wine shop around the corner, so we picked up a Portuguese orange wine. Uh, so I guess white wine is normally aged with the skins off of the grapes. And then an orange wine is like a white wine aged with the skins on. So we've had a glass of that. I, I, I Googled to see if I could make this defense. I wanted to say like, it's early here, but it's five o'clock in Sao Tome. But even that's not true. It's like 4.30 in Sao Tome so right now. So it's almost five in Sao Tome. Close enough, right? But yeah, close enough. Yeah. And we are drinking some Portuguese wine. It is delicious. And then usually at this point, we also talk about the countries that most fucked the country we are talking about. Then I mean... Which... It seems like there's not a whole ton of competition here. Nope. Portugal, you get this one. Portugal with a bullet. With a bullet. Above and away. Beyond expectations. (laughs) A plus, plus, plus. Like. For fucking Sao Tome and Principe. Portugal fucked up so bad that this would literally just be an empty island. Yes, it would. It would. And I wouldn't even be that mad if like. I don't know, they like lived there for a bit and maybe some other people came and lived there. But if you're going to build the whole thing on sugar plantations and slavery, like... Well, yeah, like, oh, if, if... Guys. If you as a country discover an uninhabited island and send, you know, have some of your own citizens go there to be paid a fair wage to farm sugar and coffee, I have no problem with that. No. Who would? And like, geographically, it's clearly part of Africa. Yeah. But that's also like, that's a negotiation that you can have with other African nations. Don't just set up shop. (laughs) But anyway, anyway, Portugal wins this one. England, you get a break this week. (laughs) America, we didn't even mention you. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So let's uh, pull out the giant 106 sided die, I guess, and see who you're doing next week. Let's do it. Two weeks from now. Yes. So this actually brings our total, which we forgot to mention. We did forget to mention. So it. we're going to do that first. The total is 78. 78. So That's overall. A solid, solid score. Very good. Very good, Sao Tome and Principe, a place I had never heard of before just now. <laughs> we're going to be back in 
after episode 10 to rank the countries we've done so far and maybe massage some of the scores now that we have a better idea of the baseline we're working with. Because there really was no perspective in those first two weeks, and that's just the way it is when you do something like this. So, we've rolled the dice. We have rolled the dice, and we have come up with... 29. 29. 29 is Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso. Do you know where that is? I believe it is in Africa. Okay, that's cool. I have no idea where this place is either. Again, digging myself into the giant pit of ignorance. So we are going to be spending, it looks like, the next few weeks in Africa, because I will be back next week with Lesotho, which, as we learned, is entirely enclosed by South Africa. I'm just going to keep listing the one fact I know so far about the country (laughs) to make myself sound like I'm not completely ignorant. It's okay. We've all just assumed we're completely ignorant going in and anything we know on top of that is a bonus at this point so all right thank you all for listening we'll be back next week for lesotho Did we get something very wrong? Did we skip an entire part of the story that's worth mentioning? That's very likely, and we'd love to hear the correct version. Please tweet us at IAOUC podcast or send us an email at inallofuscommandpodcast at gmail.com. We record these episodes a bit in advance, so you may not hear a correction right away, but we're not too big to admit we are wrong and it will be corrected.